starting a new series this, this morning called Strong. Amen. And there will be several messages. In fact, for the next six weeks, we'll be on this subject of strong, talking about strong. This is our theme uh, for our, our new series as we move into 2014. And as we move into this year, saints, I really believe that God wants to bring strength to the spirit, to the heart, to the mind, to the soul, to body, to your family. Amen to your marriage, children, business, to every part of your life, to your finances. God wants to bring strength to you this year. That's why I believe his word this morning was I'm bringing a new spirit into this place. The reproach is lifted. Now, if you continue to live under reproach, you can choose to do that. But God is lifting that reproach of sickness, of death, of disease, of downtrodden hearts. Come on of depression. He's lifting all those things. And so we can choose to walk in that. I'm believing God for a supernatural invasion of his grace. Come on for this year and his virtue to strengthen every individual. That's what I believe. I believe in 2013, if if you were drained in 2014, you'll be filled. If in 2013 you were depressed, in 2014 you'll have joy. Come on. If you were smacked around a little bit in 2013, then you'll be built up in 2014. Get ready. Because this is a year where God is bringing strength to us. This is our time, saints. Not only as individuals, but families, as a church, even as a community, to receive strength from the Lord. God has not gotten any weaker God is not worried about anything. He's not under any pressure to perform. God is ready, come on, to bring strength. The throne of God hasn't gone anywhere. He's still there. He still rules. And our God is a strong God. I believe this year will be the strongest year that we've ever had. Come on, and you've got to believe that. I believe this will be our strongest year. I believe this will be our best year for prosperity. It'll be our best evangelistic year. It'll be our best missions year. Come on, it'll be our best year for business. Our best year for families being restored. Our best year for healing. Come on, giving, vision. Come on, our God is a strong God and he's going to do it. I'm going forward this year. I don't know about you, but I'm not going backward. I'm not looking back. I'm not going backward. God wants to take us into a greater strength than we've ever had. And to introduce that, we've been in a 21-day period of fasting and prayer, whether you're doing the Daniel fast or you're doing a no-bread fast like we're doing or whatever type of fast that you're doing, we're doing that right now. And how many know that's not out of a tradition or out of some obligation, but we believe that pressing into the presence of the Lord is the only way to receive his blessing and to move forward in him. Come on, and that's why we fast. We're going to talk about that today. It's a conviction, and there is no better way to start the year than to press into the presence of the Lord. And I want you to understand how to be a strong person in the Lord. Even when the enemy comes against you, even when your friends talk about you, if your family would turn their back on you, you can still stand and be a strong person in the Lord. If you're experiencing weakness in any area of your life, we're going to shake it off this year. Come on. 
We're going to be filled with the strength of the, the supernatural strength of the Lord. If you are weak in prayer, listen, we're going to pray for you and you're going to be strong in prayer. Your moral compass is a little weak. You've fallen back a little bit. We're going to pray for you, lay hands on you, strengthen you fast, and your moral compass is going to be great. You're going to be filled with integrity no matter what you've done in the past. No matter what's happened, leave that in the past. Come on. We're going to empower you with strength, the strength of the Lord this year. You're going to stand strong. You know, I like to use sports analogies sometimes. And one of the things that I really, not that I relate to because I'm a quarterback necessarily, but I relate to when I hear commentators talk about quarterbacks. And they talk about what you look for when you want a good quarterback for your team. And they say, well, first of all, you need to be accurate. You need to be an accurate quarterback. Because if you throw the ball over here and your receiver's standing over there going, well, you know, why did you throw the ball over there? Then maybe quarterback is not your job. You know, and you have to have a strong arm. You have to be able to get the ball down the field when the, the guy is running. And you have to be able to get it out there for him. You have to have a strong arm. But they also talk about intangibles. And one of the intangibles that commentators talk about and experts talk about when they talk about quarterbacks is the quarterback stands tall in the pocket. And that doesn't mean that the quarterback is necessarily tall in stature. Because I think about a quarterback named Drew Brees who went to Purdue right here in Indiana. And they say on the roster that he's six feet. But I don't even know that he's quite six foot tall. Now you might say six foot is tall. You know, even my wife might say, I wish I had a six foot husband. But, uh, you know... So you might say, well, that's, that's pretty good size, but when you're playing sports, six foot is not really all that tall because those guys are really tall guys, you know. And so Drew Brees isn't really a tall guy, but they always say about him, he stands tall in the pocket. And the pocket is when they snap the ball and go back, and it's that area where everybody's around you and those guys are trying to get you from the other team and your guys are blocking them. And they're, they're, they're pawing and clawing at you, but the quarterback stands tall in the pocket. And he uh, avoids a guy here. And I've even seen him push off a big 300 lineman over here all the while looking down the field to throw the ball to their receiver. And they're standing tall in the pocket. And what that means to me is they have a confidence. They have a confidence in their abilities. They have a confidence in those around them that, they will, that he will be protected and he can get this ball down the field. Well, we need to stand tall, saints, in the church. Because God has blessed us. You are an overcomer. You already are the head and not the tail. We just need to walk in it. Come on. You're already above and not beneath. We just need to walk in it. You need to know that. Somebody forgot to tell the kids. Come on. You need to understand. Thank you, Sister Jeannie. We need to understand this. That you're already there. You're seated in high places with the Lord, with Christ Jesus. That's where you are. Stand tall in the pocket. Come on. Get the ball and go back. Avoid a demon right here. Push a devil off right there and do what God has for you to do. Come on. Stand tall. Stand tall. Thanks. God is our strength. And that's what we're going to find out. And that we, we have been finding out during this time of fasting and prayer. Strong person. If you have your Bible this morning, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Now let me give you a definition of a strong person profile. Once you find your scripture there in your Bible or on your device or however you get to scripture... 
I want to give you this definition of a strong person profile, and I hope if you take notes, you might write this down or commit some of it to memory, because this is, this is really what I believe, where I, I believe we need to go. This is what I believe we need to be if we're going to be a strong person. And, and to get there, listen, during this time of prayer and fasting, we need to commit to it, saints. I'll tell you this. We've got one week left on our timeline as a church, okay? Make this week the best week of prayer and fasting that you've ever had. If you haven't done so well, that's fine. It was yesterday. Nothing you can do. You can't go back to yesterday, right? If you ate something you wasn't supposed to eat or said something you weren't supposed to say, that's yesterday. Repent. Get rid of it. And let's move forward. We have one week left. Make a commitment today that this is going to be my best week of praying and fasting. And I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to pray twice a day and read your word at least once a day. You get up in the morning, pray. Now, maybe you're Russian. You know, maybe you have to, not Russian as in, you know, the USSR, but rushing in the, in the morning, you know, and, uh, or maybe you are Russian. Uh, but, you, you know, you, and you have to get, listen, pray, Paul said, pray without ceasing. And so always have the Lord on your mind. Lord, bless me this day. Uh, bring somebody in my path that I can bless. Put your words in my mouth. Forgive me of those thoughts that I've had that I didn't bring under the obedience of Christ and get me going today. Lord, let me bless you in everything that I do. You can do that while you're brushing your teeth and putting on your makeup, hopefully not in the car, but as you're getting to work, you know, you can do all those things and then find some time to read your word and uh, at night before you go to bed. Now, don't wait till you're about to put your head down on the pillow because no telling what's going to come out of your mouth then, you know, you're so sleepy. But before you go to bed, pray again. Open your day and end your day with prayer. I challenge you for one week to do that. Come on, it doesn't take that much time out of your day. You can do that. Amen. Come on, strong person, a strong person profile looks like this. This is what a strong person profile is. Strong person is a person who is marked by great strength. Somebody that you would always go to and say, you know, if I'm having an issue or I just need to talk to somebody, I'm going to go to Brother Eldon or Brother Jay, Sister Jody, Sister Dietrich, Brother Carter. This is a person because I know that they're strong in their faith. They'll give me some positive words. Marked by great strength. Strength, moral power, check your moral compass. And if it isn't quite aligned right, that's something that you need to bring before the Lord and get fixed. And I'll tell you why. Because when your moral compass is off a little bit, you make bad decisions. You make bad decisions because you have a guilt in your spirit. Not a conviction, but there's a sort of a condemnation because you know that your moral compass is not right. You know you haven't been acting in integrity. And so when your moral compass is not there, you make bad decisions. You try to cover up things that you really shouldn't have done in the first place or said or whatever it is. And it throws you all off. It throws your relationship off with, with God. You don't have, you're not in proper fellowship with the Lord. Come on. Moral power. We need to have it. That's, that marks a strong person. And abundant resources. You always go to the Lord and you believe, it starts with believing and speaking that I believe God will provide everything that I need, not only for me, but to help others. Come on. This person is superior in faith. Would you look in the mirror and say, you are a person who is superior in faith? What I mean by that is you believe the word of God. Not only do you confess it, not only do you say that you believe it, but you act with corresponding actions to the word of God. Your actions correspond to his word. Your actions correspond to your words. 
That's what faith is, hearing a word from the Lord and doing it. Boils down to obedience from God. You read that Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, and you'll see that really what those folks did was they were obedient to God. They heard what God said and they did it. Abraham, all of them. Are you a person who is superior in faith? Prayer and passion. Come on, we have to have some passion when we pray. You ever heard a person pray and they really don't sound like they're into it that much? You know, me and my wife were talking about this. By the way, this first message is called being strong in fervent prayer. Strong in fervent prayer. And my wife and I were talking about this last night. Uh, you know, a person who has fervent prayer, that doesn't mean that you, uh, you, you, you furrow your brow or you speak loudly. That's, that's not my definition of fervent prayer, but it means that you mean what you say. In other words, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they're kind of looking over here and going, yeah, yeah. And you're telling them something that you feel is very important. And they go, yeah, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that is true. Oh, yeah, I know what you're, you're saying. Right? It's discouraging, isn't it? How do you think the Lord feels when you pray? Yeah, Lord, well, you know, uh, bless this food. I mean, well, if you really want to bless the food, Lord, if you want to bless it or just bless us and help that person over there. You want to grab that person and say, hey, shut up. Come on. Listen, have some fervent prayer. Mean what you say. You can be a person of few words. See, fervent prayer is not, you know, my, what we may think prayer is of, of many flowery words and going on and on. I mean, that's, that's all beautiful. But then it's just words. Come on. God wants you to mean what you say. That's fervent prayer. Mean what you say in your heart. Have a conversation with the Lord. And by the way, it's not always you talking. You know, we talked about this too. Sometimes... You know, I said this yesterday to my wife. Sometimes we go before the Lord and we don't really know what to pray for. You know, especially if you're a person who prays often. You know, there's, there'll be days when you go before the Lord and you're like, well, let's see, what will I pray for today? Now, if you always have something to say to the Lord, then I think that you're just using words. Come on. Now, if you never experienced that where you need to go before the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need to pray for? Come on now, you're just making up words. You're just praying to be praying. But if there's some days where you go and say, what do I need to pray for today? That might be a day where you just need to be silent and wait for the Lord to speak to you. That's, that's prayer also. Prayer isn't just you speaking. It's also hearing from the Lord. Strong person. Forceful when moving forward against obstacles. This is a strong person profile. You don't shrink back. You don't go, go back away from the obstacles. There's an obstacle in the way, you're still going forward. Come on. You still move forward against that obstacle. You're a strong person. Tenacious and tough when fulfilling God's will. In other words, you won't take no for an answer. Come on. Just because the enemy comes up against you, you're not going to stop me. You go back as the quarterback in that pocket, you see a big 300-pound lineman coming your way, you just fall down. Don't fall down. Sidestep that devil. Come on, push him out the way. You can't get me. <laughs> Come on now. Strong person profile. When you fulfill God's will, be tenacious and tough. Stand your ground. Stand tall, saints. Stand tall. That's God's word to you today. Stand tall. Come on. Second Chronicles chapter 16. Beginning at verse 9, Bible says in the New King James Version, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. 
This will be our, our scripture for this whole series, our base catalyst scripture for this series. In the New Century Version, it reads like this, the Lord searches all the earth for people who have given themselves what? Completely to him. He wants to make them strong. In other words, the Lord is looking for people to make strong. How many would say, Lord, I'm a person that you can make strong? Come on. I know I'm saying that. Lord, make me strong. You can use me to be strong. God is looking for people to be strong and to show himself mighty through. But there's a caveat. He's looking for those who have what? Given themselves completely to him. Completely to him. This scripture was written at a time... Or is talking about a time when God was dealing with a king called Asa. All right. And Asa was a king uh, who followed God. And I believe for about 36 years, uh, he prayed and he, he did what the Lord asked him to do. And, the, and Israel uh, enjoyed great success. I mean, come on. They went up against armies that were much greater than they were in the physical, but they were able to defeat them. They had great prosperity. They had blessings. They had great relationships. Why? Because the king and the people were before the Lord and they prayed. They were strong people. He had a lot of great success and one major failure. That's when he decided that he wanted to do it on his own. And he, he didn't pray. I, I got to make my own self strong. And when you do that, you're going to fail every single time, even if you're a great king. Come on. But God looks for people to make himself strong through who have given themselves completely to him. How many will give themselves completely to the Lord? Come on now. Only a few, but that's all right. There we go. Come on now. Make a commitment to give yourselves completely to God. You will be amazed. Here's some other strong scriptures I want to give to you. Psalms 18.2, the Lord is my rock. He is my protection, my savior, my God is my rock. I can run to him for safety. He is my shield. He is my saving strength. He is my defender. Come on, down in verse 32 of 18, it says, God is my protection. He makes my way free from fault. I can't do it on my own. I can't get up in the morning and say, mm, I'm just going to be a good person today. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to do it in my, in my own strength. Guess what? You'll fail as soon as you get to work or school. Somebody's going to come right up to you and say something you don't like. Yup. And set you off. Come on. But it's got to be the Lord that works through us. That's why I start your morning with prayer. Come on. Because you know the enemy's going to come against you. Start your morning with prayer. Psalm 27, 14 says this in another version, wait for the Lord's help. Wait for his help. Now, when, when, I, when, when, when David said, wait on the Lord, there he's talking about like a waiter at a restaurant. You're doing everything the Lord wants you to do. You're looking at the Lord. What do you want me to do now? Like a waiter. Don't just sit on the couch. Come on. That's what we're talking about. Wait for the Lord's help. Be strong and brave. Wait for his help. But be strong and brave. Now, here's a... I'm going to put up here a strong prayer. And I want to have a little participation this morning. Come on, I want to say this prayer together. 
Let's say this prayer together. I believe this is a good prayer. You could also jot this down or we'll get this on the website. I didn't tell the media team about this, but we'll get this prayer on the website where you can go see it and you can say this prayer. If you want to say this prayer every morning this week before you go to work or at night, come on. Who's going to say it with me? Anybody? Say this prayer with me. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Almighty God who gives strength to the weak and upholds those who fall. Fill me with your strength and courage to go through deep waters, to overcome all obstacles, to resist the devil, and to fulfill my destiny. Let your grace cover my life and let your hand be strong upon me. Come on, that's a good prayer. Come on, let your hand be strong upon me. Now, when we pray that prayer, what what is fervent prayer? Well, I'll tell you, here's my definition of fervent prayer. Here it is. A person strong in fervent prayer is a person that is marked by great intensity of spirit. They are wholeheartedly passionate. They're not shallow or lazy in their praying. They are boiling over with a red-hot intensity, and they are not lukewarm. They want to speak to the Lord, and they want to hear from the Lord. They have an intensity about their prayer. Every situation they're in, they're thinking, let me see what the Lord would say about this situation. And I'll tell you what, a person who's a strong person in prayer, in fervent prayer, is a person that will not quit until they hear from God. Sometimes God is silent to us, but you continue to go back to him. Come on, Lord. What are you saying, God? All right, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm back. Did you have anything else to say? All right, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Anything, Lord? Come on. You won't take no for an answer from God. Or you won't take, uh, you know, you won't take just for an answer. You'll keep going to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it? What should I do today? What should I say to that person? How can I handle this relationship? I got a new boss. How am I going to handle that? Come on, our finances. We need some help, Lord. What do you want me to do? They go before the Lord with an intensity of prayer, passionate, not shallow or lazy. Ian Bounds said this. He said, inflamed desires Impassioned, unweary, insistence delights heaven. He said, heaven is too busy to listen to half-hearted prayers. You ever had your child come to you and they're kind of mumbling? and well, Hey, what are you saying? What are you saying? Just say what it is you want. Ask me. I'm either going to say yes or no. But come on, get it out. Don't be afraid. Come boldly to the throne. Talk to me. What is it that you want? I want to know what's on your mind. That's what God is saying. Talk to me. Talk to me. Come on. Don't be afraid. I now call you friends, no longer servants. You have entry into my presence, says the Lord. Come on in. Let me know what's going on. Fervent prayer and fasting must be combined together. Romans 12:11 says this, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Let me give you some other scriptures here. Isaiah 40:31, you know it, but those who what wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up 
with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Seek his strength. In 2 Chronicles verse 20, it says, And Jehoshaphat, chapter 20, verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself up to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask for help from the Lord. Come on, gather together to ask for help. That's what we're doing when we do the corporate prayer and the corporate fasting. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They came in one accord. They came with the same mind. Come on, in one accord to seek God. And then in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2, says, He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa. And all Judea and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. What's he saying? It's time for you to come back in to the presence of the Lord. Listen, I want to tell you, this was a time where Asa was so uh, intent on the whole nation seeking the Lord that not only would you get in trouble if you weren't praying and fasting, but he would actually send someone to kill you. Come on, that's how intense he was. A little overboard, maybe, I don't know. Maybe God told him to do that, I don't know. But he'd send somebody out with a sword. You're not praying, you're not fasting? Come on now, that's how serious he was about this thing. But see, this is a man, I don't know if that's the right method or not, only if God told him to do it, it is. But uh, if, if not, listen, but at least this is a king that was so serious about his nation, about his church. Come on, serving the Lord the way God wants to be worshipped, that he took extreme measures. Now, we're not going to do that in the church, come on. But he took extreme measures. Come on now to make sure everyone was fasting and praying and that they were on the same page together with the same mind. And that's, that doesn't mean one of our minds and we have to get like that. That means we all have to have the mind of Christ. All of us have to have his mind. If we disagree on a subject, it's not about me being right or you being right, but it's about us coming together, praying. What does Jesus say? Let's come to that point. Come on, that's where we need to go. He was serious about this thing. Praying and fasting is defined as voluntarily going without food in order to focus on God. And what you're saying when you do that is, Lord, you are more important to me than something that's so important that I can't live without. And that's food. Can't live without it. Only a short time, but sooner or later, need food. But God is more important to me than that. Come on, that's how important he is. There's a powerful chemistry with praying and fasting. Fasting and praying creates a spiritual chemistry that releases supernatural power of God in our lives. And it also brings word, come on, from God and opens up new levels of Holy Spirit activity. Fasting and praying together creates a spiritual flow that breaks through a hardness of heart. Let me tell you something about fasting and praying. 
I know that fasting in the natural, one of the things that it does just in the natural is it begins to cleanse us of some things. Because if you're doing the Daniel fast, for example, uh, then you will just eat fruits and vegetables and things from the ground. And all of those toxins and toxics that have been in your system from eating all of this food that is processed and all that uh, will begin to get cleansed out. But I'll tell you what, your body is so used to and addicted to those things that you'll begin to get a headache. You'll begin to not feel good. And some may say, well, this fasting stuff is not for me. It makes me feel bad. But really what it's doing is it's, it's releasing your body of all those toxins and all of those things. It helps your heart. It helps your weight. And then when you do that, you begin to think clearer. Come on, when your body is healthy, you think clearer. And you can, when you think clearer, you can make better decisions. Your mind and your heart are open and you can hear clearly. That's what praying, that's what fasting does for you in the natural. What also does that same thing for you in the spirit. You know, because there's a lot of toxins in our spirit. Come on. Infidelity, sin, uh, attitudes even, uh, those things that so easily beset us, our communication that comes from our mouth, our thoughts that we don't bring under the obedience of Christ. All of these toxins are in our spirit. But when you begin to fast and pray and you begin to fill your spirit with the word of God, wake up in the morning, pray, find a time during the day. Put this word into your spirit before you go to bed at night. Pray a little more. And when you begin to do that, the spirit of God begins to wash out all of these toxics that are in your spirit. And you hear more clearly from the Lord. And now I can fulfill my destiny because I know what God wants me to do. I'm hearing what he's saying. Now you can walk like Jesus when he was filled with the spirit. Come on. And you can heal who needs to be healed. And you can speak life to those that need life. And you can deliver those who need to be delivered and when you need tax money it's in the mouth of the fish and everything is there before you because now I see whereas before I was blind I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear Job said but now I can see you I perceive you Lord I see exactly what you want me to do when you pray and when you fast and when you wash those things out of your spirit come on and that's what we're trying to do Become strong in fervent prayer, saints. Becoming strong in fervent prayer necessitates a life dedicated to passionate, wholehearted prayer that defines targets, prayer goals, and focused heart and spirit. Come on. Now, let me just give you 12 purposes of praying and fasting. I'm not going to preach all of these points, all right? But I just want to give them to you. Maybe you want to jot them down. There could be 25 points. There probably could be 80 points. Uh, there are benefits from praying and fasting. But just let me throw these at you. I believe that I prayed about this. And I believe that uh, these are the things that we will accomplish by praying and fasting. Come on. Here's, here's a purpose of praying and fasting. Number one, the intercede for change. How many know we need change? I, the Lord just dropped it in my spirit this morning. I keep saying it over and over that we had a hard 2013 with some things. But come on, we need, this is a year of change. Not just in the physical, not just with the transition, but this is a year of change for all of us. Come on, some changes are going on. And God's going to change us in the spirit. He's beginning to put some things together. Nehemiah 1.4 says, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I was interceding for change. Come on. 
Number two, repentance. Take this time to get those toxics out of your body. Repent before the Lord. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I'll tell you one thing, though. Don't go around saying, I'm a sinner saved by grace, because either you're a sinner or you're saved by grace, one or the other. Come on now. God has created in you a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I know you're still in this flesh. You can say like Paul, who will deliver me from this body of death? Come on, I'm still trapped in here, but that doesn't mean I need to follow everything the flesh does. That's not me. See, when you fall short, I would say that's not me. Now, you're not, you're not uh, making any excuses, but that, I, I let my flesh get the best of me that time. But guess what? It won't happen again. Come on. Repentance. Repent before the Lord. That's what he wants. Do you realize how good God is? Because when Adam sinned, when Eve sinned and then Adam sinned, they ran from the Lord, didn't they? They didn't go before the Lord and say, God, please forgive me of this thing. You told me not to eat of that fruit. No, they ran and hid. Now, this is the goodness of your Savior. He came and found them. Come on, save them. What happens if we repent? If we would just repent, judge yourselves. Saints, God will have no reason to judge you if you judge yourself. Repent. Number three, divine guidance. Come on, we need some divine guidance because we've tried it our way. This nation has tried it our way. Come on, this city, this university here has tried it our way. The church has tried it our own way. We really have. We said we think we should do this and we think we should do that. And guess what? It hasn't worked. We need some divine guidance. Amen. Before we went over to the Philippines uh, late last year, we got together and we prayed for divine. Lord, what do you want? We don't want to just go over there to look good, to say, here's some guys from America and, you know, we can preach and see you guys and all of that and pomp and circumstance. No, Lord, what do you want to accomplish out of this thing? We need some divine guidance. I'm seeking the Lord every day. Now, Lord, how do you, you've given me a vision. Uh, we're, leaders, we're talking about a vision for this church. We'll talk more about it in our meeting. And uh, Lord, but what, how do you want us to go? What steps do you want us to take? We need some divine guidance. How do you want us to go? Number four, we need some divine help in crisis. Because all we have the ability to do in any crisis, really, most of the time, is to put a Band-Aid on it. Come on, think about it. You can fix it for now, but that thing may come back again. But we need some divine help. We need a God that will blot out sin, not just cover it up. We need a God that wipes the slate clean. Come on. And not just turns the page. But he wipes it away. Not here anymore. Second Chronicles 23. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed the fast throughout all of Judah. Come on. Divine help, Lord. We're in a crisis. Number five. Fervent petition. Paul said this, he, he was saying in Philippians to seek God with petitions in Philippians chapter 4. Prayer and supplication, let your petitions be made known unto God. Well, God knows everything, yes, but he wants to hear it from your mouth. Come on, parents, I keep, I keep saying this to parents. You, you, most of the time, you know what your kid wants, you know, you know what, which way they want to go, but you want to hear it from their mouth, don't you? Talk to me, Sit, tell me what it is that's on your heart. God wants us to speak with our mouth. 
what it is that we want. Confess. It's very clear in Romans. You can't even get saved without, without speaking it. You can't lay in your bed and think, Lord, come into my life. Now, that sounds right. I know. I don't want to mess up your theology, but I'm just going with what the word of God says. Because I remember Paul in Romans says, confess. And he just didn't say confess. He said, confess with your mouth. Come on. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Don't be ashamed of God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on now. Fervent petition. And then the reason for praying and fasting, number six, is spiritual authority. We need some spiritual authority. God has set some things up in a certain order. And I remember Pastor Phil Capuccio was here uh, last year, and he talked about this, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He was talking about how in the church we're, we're wondering why some things are not going right and why we don't see the miracles and the power of God like we know that we should see sometimes. And sometimes we think we need a revival. We need, uh, you know, we need a renewal of spirit. We just need God's spirit to come in and shake things up. And many times it's because we're out of order. There's just no spiritual order. It's not proper spiritual order. Spiritual order will do more for you and for the church than ten revivals. Just being in spiritual order. How do you want this thing to go, God? I know I have a different idea than the person who's over it. But there's a spiritual order. And those that understand that walk in the blessings of the Lord. Come on, spiritual authority. And then number seven, a fresh anointing of God. Nothing like a fresh anointing of God. Come on, we need to pray and fast for that. A fresh, new, anoint. you never want to get stale in God. I said this last week that, you know, I, to me, I would just be a person who, who gets sick and tired of church if every week you came and it was just the same old thing. And that doesn't mean we have to, you know, do things totally different every week. But I'm saying if there's no fresh anointing of God, if there's no fresh word, no fresh worship, come on, new relationships, people coming I love everybody here. You know, Pastor Lou said one time, if this church doesn't grow one more person, then I'm just fine. You know what? I'm kind of fine with that, if that's God's will. But I, and I love everybody here. But I'd like to see some new people too. Come on now. No, me, I don't love you guys. I love you guys. And you love me, I hope. But I want to see some new people coming into the kingdom of God. Not just people transplanted from another church. I like that too, if this is what God's will is. Come on. But we, there's souls out there that need to be saved and need to come into the kingdom. Come on now. Need to come into the kingdom. A fresh anointing of God. And then number eight, a spiritual breakthrough. We need a spiritual breakthrough. Matthew 17, 21. However, this kind does not go out except by fasting and prayer. Some things you just won't get accomplished except by fasting and prayer. I'll say some things. I hope you don't get offended, but I believe there's some spirits, even in this place, that need to get out. But these things will not go out except by praying and fasting and spiritual authority. Come on, and we need to take a stand, saints. We need to take a stand against this thing. I believe the word of the Lord, not because it came from my mouth, but I believe the word of the Lord when he says, I'm bringing a spirit in here and, and getting rid of the reproach of sickness and disease and all of those things where it just, it's a situation where it has us down. Come on. 
sickness, disease, death, and all those things shouldn't have us down, have us down with it. It's got its thumb on us. Just every week something else is going on. No, I don't believe that. I believe there's a fresh anointing coming to this place. There's a spiritual authority coming to this place. And God is going to revive us and give us some, some new direction. Come on. He's going to lift that reproach. Divine direction. We need some divine direction. And then number 10, we need new Holy Spirit power. I'll say this. I was hesitant to say it last week, but I want to remind you of something. When Jesus walked this earth, all right, he had perfect blood. But remember and always remember that the time that he walked the earth now, the time he walked the earth, he was wrapped in imperfect flesh. So he didn't walk as a perfect person. Perfect indeed and all that, but he was in imperfect flesh. And I hope you hear what I'm saying when I say that. I'm not being sacrilegious, but what I'm telling you is because of that, you can do the same things Jesus did because he walked as a man wrapped in imperfect flesh filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's how he performed every miracle, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, last time I checked, most of you are people wrapped in flawed flesh filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Come on. Divine miracles. We need some divine power of God, and it can happen, saints. Wasn't just for the Bible times. Guess what? We're still in Bible times. People say, well, that was just for the Bible days. Guess what? This is the Bible days. If this is not the Bible days, we got a problem. The Bible's still here. Throne of God hasn't gone anywhere. Last time I read it, it said the flower fades. Come on. But the Word of God will stand forever. Still Bible days. Number 11, answered prayer. Answered prayer. Come on. God will answer our prayers if we come to him, the right spirit. We seek his face. Remember earlier I said, heaven, uh, Ian Bound said, heaven doesn't have time for half-hearted prayers. If you really don't mean it, don't ask for it. I mean, do you really want to raise you know, or yeah, you can kind of give me a raise. You think God's going to give you a raise if you go and say, well, I know the company, you know, and you know, if you really don't want to give me a raise, you don't have to, but I could use a raise. You're going to say, well, I don't have to, so all right, you answered the question. <laughs> Come on now, let's go boldly before the throne of God. We want answered prayer. Listen to Esther chapter 4 verse 16. It said, go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise and I will go to the king which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. That's what Esther said. Look, you need to go before the king. God has invited you. Amen. You won't perish, but you need to have that attitude. The three Hebrew boys had that attitude. Those young men had that attitude when uh, Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fire, too. They said, guess what? Throw us. Our God is well able to deliver. Well able. But guess what? If he doesn't, he's still God on the throne. That's the attitude you need to have. Knowing that he will do it. Knowing that he will deliver you. 
Don't let anyone get you down. We need some answered prayer. And then finally, a supernatural intervention of God. There are things that we just cannot do. People have habits. I'm praying for, we were talking about this last night. What if you're praying for somebody in your family to get saved? Uh, you know, you can't force them to do that or get rid of a habit. Listen, we need some supernatural intervention. There are times when God's going to need to come and interrupt. And he does it. I know it's been said before that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, you know, and he, he can obviously be a gentleman. But I'm going to tell you what, there's times when the Holy Spirit's not so gentlemanly. You don't believe me? Ask Jonah. I'm going to go this way. No, you're not. You're going to do what I said. Come on again, parents. Just how do you want to do it? You want to do it with a little pain? Because <laughs> we can do that. Or you just want to do what I said do, when I said do it. Come on. We need some supernatural intervention.